From the Mid-South Band Studio in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So it's Tuesday morning. Tell me about your weekend. Not a whole lot to it, really. Uh, Saturday, did some Christmas shopping. Our five-year-old looking for some cowgirl boots. So uh, you can probably imagine where we ended up with for cowgirl boots in DeSoto County. Uh, so we frequented there. And then uh, Saturday night, Wilson had an indoor soccer game. Just kind of an easy night. You know, on the way home, saw some Christmas lights, those type things. And then we came home, watched LSU and Florida play. And pretty basic. But really, Derek Sunday had an opportunity to play the uh, the drum there at the Contemporary Service at Hernando Methodist uh, back after a couple of weeks of different things that the church not meeting on a Sunday and just had a really good time to be back with others and, and play music and celebrate some Christmas and, and, and sing some Christmas songs. Our youth band led the uh, the worship, so it was good to get those kids back and, and, and doing that. So was, I really enjoyed that, and that was a, a lot of fun. Well, yeah, Sunday, so two days ago, was uh, someone's birthday. We talked about my birthday being two weeks ago on December 4th. But, Derek, you turned how old? 46. 46 years old. 46 years old. 46 years old on Sunday, the 13th. Uh, I, I saw some things on Instagram. I'm actually, you're telling me you're not part of the UTW podcast Instagram. Like, you can't see it on there. But I, I'm able to see some posts that your sister did and, and your brother uh, wishing you a happy birthday. So, happy birthday on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we are, are certainly uh, glad for you. Uh, how was it? It was good. A uh, very easy day. Uh, we watched uh, church online. Uh, we did not get to see the 10 o'clock church. We watched 11 o'clock church online. My in-laws came over at 12. I had a nice lunch. And then uh, just kind of basically the rest of the afternoon, I actually put the signs out for the Santa Claus parade that, we're, uh, that we'll be previewing here uh, shortly in the show. And so that was good. Other than that, rain started about, what, 3, 3.30? Yeah. And uh, the rest of the day, I attempted to watch a Saints loss, which was disgusting. I uh, started prepping for the show. That, that was it. Just a very nice, quiet birthday. With, happy to be with the family and, and kind of enjoyed it being on a Sunday because I didn't have to run around doing anything. Yeah, I like to joke around with you. You, you and I put the signs out uh, all throughout the caravan, um, the route. So, look, pay attention to the Santa Claus caravan. Pay, pay attention to the Crew Fernando Facebook page. If you're thinking about the, the route for this coming Saturday, uh, the 19th, we'll be doing the Santa Claus caravan, the 10th annual. We'll be leading that with the police uh, officers there. And then also Santa Claus himself will be there on the a fire truck uh, at the end of the parade uh, coming through on Saturday. So be sure and look on the Crew of Fernando Facebook page to know the route and stuff like that. That's what we did. Basically, Derek just took his watch, acted like he was jogging. So it ended up being about 11 or so miles all through town. So pay attention to what that route would be so you can come out on Saturday. Matt, you're right. It was a good time uh, getting those out and looking forward to this Saturday's parade. If you Again, go to the Facebook page, look for it, see if you can find it. If you see uh, the numbers one and two, please disregard those. Those are my running app trying to tell us you know, every five miles when we hit five-mile marker. Uh, so please disregard those. But if you do, do see your house on there, please invite your friends over, keep them in the yard, you know, trying to do some social distancing. And if you don't see your house on there, maybe uh, maybe there's someone that can help you find that house. Absolutely, Derek. Under the Water Tower podcast, presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 63 years of combined real estate experience. They're ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are always available when you need them. They're not somebody that has two or three other jobs, a realtor on the weekend, none of that stuff. Brian and Terry over at Team Couch of Birch Realty are available to you 24-7 to help with buying or selling your home. They have over 25,000 closings since 2009, which means they have the experience you need. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in DeSoto County, in Memphis, in the Mid-South, please reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty, 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com podcast recorded each and every tuesday and friday morning at the mobile car and van rental studio Derek, we have several rentals coming up this week people getting out looking at christmas lights two vans going out on saturday for a family trip looking at christmas lights actually another van going out on wednesday for uh, christmas lights so if you're looking to do that want to get out with the family and carry uh, you know 12 to 15 people i guess that may go against the, the governor's ordinance but we won't tell him well uh, maybe have that many in your household roll the windows down roll the windows yes down. yeah that's it Roll the front windows down, and, and that, that works out perfectly to have a 15-passenger van go around, look at Christmas lights. If that's something you want to do, reach out to Mobile Car and Van Rental. That's Mobile Car and Van Rental right here in Hernando, 662-469-4555. That's 662 469 
888-447-4555. Derek, I told you I had a funny story. Something happened to my wife yesterday. Most of the listeners know my wife, Heather. Sunday night, she ordered her groceries during the coronavirus it started to do the click list and all that kind of stuff so she it's not at it's not where you go for click list it's at the other big grocery store in town rhymes with ball art <laughs> okay so sunday night orders her groceries her favorites typical stuff you know that yeah. she orders whatever 1003 gets an email yesterday morning said hey your groceries are ready she pulls up gets there about 1025 pulls into the into the thing sits there until almost 11 mm. Sits there till almost 11, calls him up. Long story short, when she pulled in, they gave her groceries to the person next to her. Wow. <laughs> they gave her groceries to the person next to her. So they had to re-pull her groceries. She had to come back two or three days, uh, two or three hours later, all that kind of stuff. So my, my joke were, imagine going home and your groceries, it's someone else's groceries. I mean, I mean if, I, if, I, if, if I got your groceries, imagine me yeah. coming home and I've got your groceries, protein bars, whey protein. Well, I mean, how do you not drive back up there and say, hey, um, okay, either the person had like a $15 order and just got $150 for the sure. groceries and they're like, peace. Oh, yeah. Or I'm turning around and saying, you know what, uh, these are not mine. Right. And I, and I need my ho-hos and ding-dongs. And what is this? Well, she figured out the person next to her was another Heather. So they gave Heather's order, my wife, Heather's order to this other lady. So this other lady, like you said, maybe she had a $20 order and she struck out with, with all Heather's stuff. Wow. And, and so, yeah, so Heather like three or four hours later. But I thought that was kind of funny. You know, somebody got home oh, with yeah. our I – mean, you can tell a lot about somebody's groceries. Oh, oh no, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can tell a lot about somebody's groceries. Uh, but, no, you, you can't tell a lot. Uh, I hope there wasn't anything uh, too personal that was ordered. Uh, over the over the over the click list there, I would assume that's something you probably don't do click list. You probably go to the pharmacy or whatever for that part of it. Right. But no, that that's a uh, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, what what I guess what kind of stuff would be really revealing that would be in a click list? Can you not order stuff on click list just to make it fun for the person to have to go look for them? Wouldn't that be funny? In the pharmacy, like you, you order some certain things that they have to go look for <laughs> no, as a guy or a girl. Just terrible. I mean, seriously. I mean, if, you're, look, if I'm a guy <laughs> doing that, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. That's when you you scan the list. You'd be like, yes. nope. Uh, nope. I'm a, can we swap? Can we swap? Yeah, okay, exactly. Uh, most of my of our listeners uh, know Heather and can imagine uh, how frustrated Heather was to sit there and deal with um, that particular grocery store for several hours yeah. after she was sitting there ready to go. Uh, and and they didn't bring her stuff out. And gave it to somebody else. Maybe next time she needs to go to the one that rhymes with Hoger. I don't know. You know, this is something that I want to look to maybe during in the new year, uh, I, or actually probably in the summertime. Um, you know, hopefully, God willing, we're still doing this in the summer. And I think one of the things I would do is to highlight other places in Mississippi where Mississippians could do staycations. You know, in the state and and still bring money to our state, not necessarily being DeSoto County, but or other parts of the state. Well, you know, I think mostly a lot of people I've mentioned before. I'm from Natchez. And Natchez uh, was picked as one of the six cities in America that Netflix did their Christmas decorations. Wow. So the Natchez de Christmas decorations this year were provided and funded solely by Netflix. All I can say is please go online, go to the Natchez Democrat. I think the, the WLBT Channel 3 out of Jackson came down and did a story on it, so you can see the pictures there. Absolutely gorgeous. Now, sure. I'll say 99% of them are absolutely gorgeous. They do have signs that say, Happy Holidays from Netflix. From Netflix. Wow. You know, in certain you know, on certain streets, on Main Street, I know there's one of them, maybe one on Franklin Street. You're talking about a massive amount of lights. Absolutely. Uh, and so they're supposed to be up through the new year. I'm going down the day after Christmas. Really excited to see that. My mom sent me pictures. Uh, but it's really cool. There was again, there was six random cities. At first, we thought that there was maybe a movie going to be done, a Netflix original or something like that, because Tate Taylor, the uh, director, lives uh, in Natchez or just outside of Natchez, and he's done a lot of really reju trying to rejuvenate the town. Uh, he did the movies Ma, uh, Get On Up. Those are, uh, he's got a new one coming out next year. And so that's the, the director. We thought maybe he was doing something for Netflix, but it turns out, no, they just randomly picked six cities to do this, and uh, Natchez happened to be one of them. So just something really cool if y'all want to go online and kind of see the lights from that. Yeah, I'm sure you can probably Google Natchez, Netflix, Christmas lights, that type of stuff. So that's pretty neat, man. I mean, it's good to be in Mississippi. And, look, Netflix is absolutely uh, – I guess they're kind of paying it back for – their windfall of, of opportunity that they had for people being stuck inside. Oh yeah, and stuff. Of course, I mean, they, they just went up a dollar on their on their 
subscriptions. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know that, but certain people in this room would. Um, and you know, and you contemplated canceling it. Contemplated canceling it. Freaking yes. weirdo. Yes. I swear. But hey, we're going to talk about the Hernando Alderman here in just a second. But first and foremost, not first, but uh, one thing that Derek and I really want to give a shout out to uh, Miss Julie Hopkins for the reverse Christmas parade uh, that she was able to put together there at the high school. You know, all around. Well, Dilworth Lane mainly, but yeah, uh, at the high school last night, uh, Derek. It took me about. It took us about thirty minutes to come out of our neighborhood and and get to the entrance of the high school and you and I only live about 500 yards from the high school uh, entrance and so just a shout out to her for her hard work and a little shout out to another group in town the crew of Fernando uh, did partner with her and uh, one of the things that she had to do was uh, secure a an insurance policy city um, required her to do that and the crew of Fernando stepped up and and took care of that for her so 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 this parade uh, could happen so good job by those guys uh, working with her and and again Derek you and I are real big on this podcast people who start to listen to it who listen to it for a number of years hopefully uh if we're still here a number of years from now uh we're 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 doers you and i are i mean if we have ideas or thoughts i guess two guys that put together a podcast are definitely doers and so we just want to shout out to her for a good job and a job well done the chamber of commerce canceled the christmas parade this year Uh, it is what it is and she said uh, again i you know, not on my watch. Let's put something together and did a wonderful job. The, the The parade was not extremely long, but the lines to get in were. I gave you a hard time earlier because you said you your son wouldn't roll his window down. Uh, the The reason I, I gave you a hard time about that because it was awesome to hear people saying Merry Christmas. No, it was. You know, uh, that's the thing that was awesome to me. My my daughter was kind of hanging out the right side and got to see some of the different uh, Jeeps and Corvettes and and floats that were there and, and stuff like that. And just to hear people saying Merry Christmas, I mean, that's what it's all about. It is, and and. Again, as you said, I, I actually timed it because I wanted to be able to report on here this morning. It took me 18 minutes to get from as I turned into the line. What time did y'all go? We left at 6.28 is yeah. when we got in line. Uh, we entered the, I guess, entered it right about, what, 6.46. Uh, we were done. You know, it took us about 10 minutes to drive, you know, because it was bumper to bumper. But I, I, what I want to say, I was greatly impressed. You know, this thing didn't get approved until uh, last Monday. Sure. So it was approved eight days ago on uh, December 7th. And that amount of time, they were able to get the publicity out to have that many cars there last sure. night. And bumper to bumper for two hours. Uh, and just, again, thank you, Julie, uh, for reaching out. Thank you for for giving us a semblance of a Christmas parade. We hope this is the only year you ever have to do that. Sure. Uh, but to step up and do it this one year. And really, it was just, you know, you took it by the horns. And you went to the Alderman meeting yourself, and you got it done. So thank you. And I think the whole city thanks you. Uh, you know, it wasn't what we're used to, but it was better than nothing. And so, again, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, you know, taking the ball and running with it, being a leader uh, there and getting it done. So thank you so much for allowing us to hear. I mean, I probably heard 40, 50 Merry Christmases last night, which is, again, that's what it's all about. So turning our sights now to the Hernando Alderman meeting, uh, Tuesday meeting. Today is Tuesday, December 15th. So the Alderman meeting will be tonight. This is the second Alderman meeting of December. So it'll be the final Alderman meeting of 2020. Derek, got a pretty big uh, list of stuff to do. Run through them real fast and we'll talk. Uh, the first thing is is that, you know, as you know, the consent agenda is what comes at the beginning. This is after you, they do the prayer and the pledge. Uh, one of the first things you'll see on, a, on an agenda, and this is basically any uh, alderman agenda, is that the consent agenda is, is everything that could be easily agreed upon where no roll call votes or anything like that are done. The, the mayor will email or call them and say, hey, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this. Are there any objections? And if everybody said no, and that's that goes with the consent agenda, and they pass that uh, pretty quickly. They usually pass it all together. It is listed out for you to read. Um, you know, they, there can be talks about something, but usually this has already been pre-done with, you know, no kind of discussion at all. And so on the consent agenda on this one was a very long consent agenda because they had to accept, or they're looking to accept, excuse me, uh, the, tonight, 30 donations, which totaled $2,490 that were donated by individuals in the city in memory of Sonny Bryant, to go to the animal shelter. So I think it's just a great uh, uh, honor and mem- uh, in memory of the man uh, who served Ward 1 for so long and just, you know, a way for the people to give back. I mean, you saw some as low as $15. You saw a couple at $200. So just a great way. For, but 30 donations totaling that, that's the main part of the consent agenda is to approve that. But I want to make sure that I got that uh, on the air today because, 
again, um, just a, just a loving tribute uh, to a man who, who served his ward well. Absolutely, no doubt. And, and Derek, that I'm assuming on his obituary, that type of stuff, in lieu of flowers, mm-hmm. donation to the animal shelter. I grew up in the funeral business. My dad was a, a funeral director for 40 years. Um, and he used to say all the time, man, if people just knew the difference they could make, $100, $150, $200 worth of flowers, I'm telling you, start to pay attention in lieu of St. Jude, in lieu of animal shelter, in lieu of I assure you the family will appreciate it either way. And he always wanted me to, to – that was always important to him because it was – to him it was just more and more flowers to have to carry. Right. You know, and it's today's world where we're not doing things inside the funeral homes, we're not doing things at the church. It's no better time than now to get in the habit of in lieu of – and donating that same amount to, to something that can carry on for a long time. But Hernando's a, such a giving city, and this proves it. $2,500 raised in memory of uh, Sonny Bryant for the animal shelter. It's awesome. No, it's, it, it really is. So thank you to everybody that donated for that and gave to that. Uh, and so you'll see that, that. I think the agenda actually is three pages long, and about a full page of that is um, the 30 donations. But uh, the next main uh, thing I wanted to look at was the Madison Lakes uh, coming up. The PUD amendment request, this is still dealing with the water. Remember, it was tabled on the 1st, uh, pushed to the 15th, so that will be discussed tonight. There will also be a request uh, for approval to rezone from C2 to M1, the lot industrial. Uh, this was this is the property uh, in Nesbitt. I guess it's technically Nesbitt on 55. Yeah. Trying to make sure. Actually, I think it's actually North Hernando. Anyway, uh, it's on 55 where you see the tractors, the backhoes, that sort of thing. It, it's right there. Uh, has like a temporary shed of some sort. That's kind of uh, kind of the base for the, that operation. Well, the the individual that is owns that uh, wants to take it from the C2, which is commercial highway, uh, to M1, which is light industrial, to be able to do more of the industrial. Part Part, uh, on that lot. Uh, it was denied by the Planning Commission, uh, but he is appealing to the Board of Aldermen tonight, and so that should be, you know, I guess an inter- interesting conversation that we'll kind of tune in to watch. Yeah, basically what he's trying to do is take it, like you said, from C2 to M1. He he sells industrial equipment anyway. He sells every, everything from bulldozers and cranes and stuff like that. Uh, so he's trying to make it more um, conducive to what his business is and build a permanent building on it. Uh, which would be pretty, I'm sure it'd be a very nice building right there on 55. And uh, the, the requirements that the Planning Commission were having, um, parking lots and that type of stuff, would be very difficult to drive bulldozers and backhoes and those type of things on the parking lot. And that's what he's appealing to the Board of Aldermen. So uh, that'll be interesting to update on Friday to see if that gets approval. And then the last thing will probably be just as interesting, if not more. The, there's going to be a sign ordinance discussion, basically in response to several political signs uh, that have already come up around town, uh, specifically for one political candidate. And you don't see anybody else's signs uh, currently. There may be one in their own yard, but there's none in a vast amount as there is for one particular candidate. And so I think there's some objection by some members of the board. I want to have the discussion as to why this is being allowed to happen. Uh, there is going to be some discussion on whether or not, you know, it goes against city code, but whether city code is legal or illegal. Uh, there seems to be some talk that there's maybe a precedent in a, a Mississippi Supreme Court case that allows this to happen. So I think all that will be part of the discussion tonight to see, you know, you know what goes on. I've been doing a little study on this. I'm going to reserve uh, my thoughts on it uh, until, you know, after the meeting tonight. I want to see what's brought up, uh, kind of the studies done, what the city attorney says. But I, I think that it's important because you know, not that I'm for or against any political candidate. I think the main thing is the fact that if there is no statute, if there is no limitation on to when you can put signs up, and what we've always agreed up to this point, I think what every political candidate has understood up to this point is that it's uh, you can put signs out uh, no earlier than 60 days before, and so 60 days before the election. And I think that everybody uh, in a, would be in agreement of that because if not, what keep somebody from putting it out a year before. Right. Is that a, a kind of a Hernando rule? Yes. Yeah, so or is it I a think, gentleman's agreement? Uh, I think I, from what I understood, it was a Hernando City Ordinance. Hernando so you City cannot Ordinance. have political signs out for six, 60 days before. Uh, but, you know, but if not, then if you're a incumbent, why not just have signs up four years? All the time. A year, two years. Like, what's – what's right. if, if you're saying that any statute is illegal or the Supreme Court has a precedent for something – and so I don't – I'm trying to do some more study on that. This was something that – uh, came up and I started looking at over the weekend. So again, I'm gonna see what the the city attorney tests tonight. Based on that, um, we're gonna d- maybe kind of read up on that case that is mentioned if it is brought up, and then go from there. But I, I would think that we don't want a city that's littered with political signs for six months, eight months. 
you know, 12 months, right. uh, if any longer. And so I, I do like the, you know, 60 to – maybe 90 days. Maybe it's maybe then you go to sure. 90 days. February 1 through end of April, uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, then – Election. This, and this election's April 4th, I believe that's right, uh, which is a little earlier. It's usually May. They moved it up to April. It's, it's earlier this year, so that would be a February – fourth-ish sign date. So if they wanted to move it first of the year, 90 days, I'm okay with that. Right. It just, but just having it for – not telling me there's not a timeline, that, that seems a little hard to believe. So anyway, that's going to come up, and uh, we'll see what that says, and we'll report back on Friday. Yeah, and Derek, you know, typically with the meetings, we're not necessarily talking about one in particular candidate or anything like that, endorsing anything. Like, we're not doing that. Uh, what we are doing is when people mention something to us uh, about the meetings or, or that type, we, you dig a little bit, do research a little bit on what's going on, and I think you were told that uh, there's about but you typically a 60-day kind of uh, moratorium or 60-day uh, situation uh, that's always been understood. And so that's why I was asking if it was, if it was an official uh, thing. So we'll, we'll learn more about it tonight. Uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, kind of that – kind of shapes the city what the city looks like all throughout a number of yards and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like you said if you are already an existing incumbent you could probably go ahead and put them out and and, and well, that, that doesn't make any sense right and so again you know maybe said a little and i'll say a little too much i would not want to see signs up you know 12 sure. months a year sure um, and definitely would not want them if if it would if it's if it's a rule right if it's a set ordinance that the city of fernando has then we need to follow that, and I think anybody that would be running for a political office uh, would agree with that. Again, we'll see what they say tonight, and, and as I said, we'll, we'll talk about it on Friday. That's it. We talk about the Hernando Alderman meeting every first and third Tuesday of the month is the Alderman meeting, so typically our Tuesday show of those weeks are going to be setting it up, and then Friday is going to be kind of uh, discussing about it and what came about from the, the, the meetings on Tuesday. So that happens tonight. Uh, be sure and watch it on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, and then uh, you can also uh, attend uh, certainly attend the meetings uh, downtown Hernando. So moving just north of us, going to talk real briefly, not, not a whole lot going on, uh, about the South Haven Alderman meetings coming up tonight as well. Yeah, they have uh, the main part of theirs looks like it's going to be in the planning section of their Alderman meeting. There's a uh, Pinnacle Development is asking to rezone 29 acres of property on the north side of Star Landing Road, west of Marshall Louise Drive. They're trying to take that from agricultural to a PUD, so trying to get a, I guess, a PUD, a plan unit development approved for that 29 acres. And then immediately after that, the very next topic on the uh, agenda for the planning, uh, I guess, section of the agenda is the subdivision approval of Grayson Creek Subdivision Phase 1, uh, also by Pinnacle Development. So basically they're looking to go from a agricultural to a PUD and then for that PUD to be Phase 1 of Grayson Creek Subdivision. Yeah, so they're just trying to save time and do it all in one meeting. Well, and, yeah. yeah, and no, so it makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. So I'm, I'm, unless there's, if we will report that it was passed on Friday if it passes. Uh, if there's any kind of discussion or any kind of op- uh, opposition, we'll also make sure that we touch on that. Uh, next, Lifestyle Communities, to amend the existing silo square to incorporate another additional 81 acres of property north of May Boulevard. The developer is looking to basically take the 81 acres that are just north uh, going toward Chick-fil-A and go ahead and call them that part of Silo Square. Obviously, that was the way it was mapped. Uh, it was kind of a first right of refusal thing to do that. And so he doesn't he, own it yet. He doesn't own it now. He's going he's gonna to purchase it. Is that what it is? Well, something like that? Yeah, maybe? something like that. I mean, that's I believe if he doesn't own it, um, he had first right, right, uh, first right of refusal on it. Uh, There's got to be some type of joke in there between, like, the property sits in between Slim Chickens and Chick-fil-A. So there's got to be some kind of joke I'm missing. Yeah, so anyway, uh, corporate basically adding it. So now that he can start putting roads in, doing that kind of thing. So right now it was not considered part of it. But now that he's claiming it, then they'll start. that means you can start looking for development heading north. Uh, in the Silo Square property. Man, Silo Square, I mean, Derek, you know, I was up there, like I said earlier, Wilson had an indoor soccer game, so we passed through Silo Square. My daughter, for some reason, uh, likes to go in there. We went to Slim Chickens. Uh, She maybe just likes to ride through with the lights or something like that, but uh, just an amazing development, Uh, Silo Square. uh, Shout out to Brian Hill and those guys, Lifestyle Communities, right? Lifestyle Communities. Lifestyle Communities. uh, uh, Lifestyle Homes, uh, you know, doing what they're doing. Just a very, very neat property, and uh, and so, and Derek, you said the final thing for tonight would be the mayor's report which yeah, mayor's always report, does a good job yeah and again there's he doesn't really outline he basically says it during the meeting but uh the mayor's report usually 
Uh, Mayor Musselwhite does a wonderful job kind of giving you a synopsis of what's happened over the last two weeks. So anything of interest that comes out of that, we'll report that on Friday too. Anyone who has appeared on our podcast, we call a friend of the show. So I, I feel pretty comfortable calling uh, Mayor Musselwhite a friend of the podcast. So uh, he does a really good mayor's report. I guess there's just kind of like him taking some notes between meetings, uh, things he wants to talk about and stuff like that. So just a really good job by, by that. So like, like we said a second ago, not a whole lot going on in South Haven meeting. We'll update on, uh, update on Friday. Arguably the most important thing, Derek, in between South Haven and Hernando that has happened recently is the Nesbitt DMV reopening. Reopened yesterday. Reopened yesterday. Um, uh, shut down for COVID reasons two weeks ago. So it's been shut down. So they did reopen yesterday. So if you've been making that trip to Batesville or over to Olive Branch, the lines may have been a little longer because uh, the Nesbitt was not taking some of that slack. Well, they are back open as of yesterday. So if, if that's an easier trip for you, if you think you can maybe be one of the first ones back this week, please feel free. It is back open. And remember, you can go online and skip the line. You can get your fast pass to the yeah, DMV. Yeah, uh, and you know, go ahead and set your appointment and maybe cut down on some of that wait time. So, again, but the Nesbitt DMV is back open. Right, and listeners, just so we're clear, I did not say Nesbitt DMV and Slack in the same sentence. That was Derek. Derek said Slack and Nesbitt DMV in the same sentence. I was so. actually using it a positive term, but I guess it could be <laughs> negative. Speaking of hardworking, podcast brought to you by William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Derek, on our ride the other day, we were setting out all the different caravan uh, caravan signs. We noticed hundreds of houses still struggling with leaves. I'm telling you, if you can hear my voice and you need help with your leaves, he'll clean your gutters out, get all the leaves out of your gutters, rake the leaves, blow the leaves, all that kind of stuff. Your house will look perfect for your, your family coming over for Christmas. Reach out to Richard and the team at Williams Services at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Act now, and you may be able to get those things cleaned up before the holidays or before your family comes over for Christmas time. Podcast also brought to you by The Print House, located right behind Funderburk's Pharmacy in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at the print house can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. That's 662-298-3105 or theprinthousems.com. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9-6. North Point Christian School wishes a Merry Christmas to all the UTW listeners. Call 662-349-5127 to schedule a private tour or save the date for their socially distant January 24th Preview the Point Admissions event at 2 p.m. Again, 662-349-5127 to schedule your appointment at their socially distant preview the point admissions event January 24th at 2 p.m. Now it is time for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. DeSoto County Fact of the Week is brought to you, of course, by and from the DeSoto County Museum, Rob Long, curator. Uh, Just again, we're going to say it every Tuesday. An absolutely fantastic museum, absolutely fantastic man running the museum. And if you have not been, we cannot encourage you more to go. Uh, it's open every Tuesday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And, again, you can set up an appointment to, to bring your group. Of course, socially distant. Uh, they have everything set up in there. They'll have a hand sanitizer and everything for you. Or you can just show up. Uh, and then ask Rob if, if, if you have uh, take you. There's a couple other volunteers that will be happy to show you around. But it's a fantastic museum in our county. And, you know, whether you're in the far uh, northeast portion or the far southwest portion of DeSoto County, please come see it. If you're listening to this in Memphis, come down and see it. Uh, it's it's a, a great uh, asset to the community. And we just appreciate everything that Rob does for the museum uh, and also providing us the Fact of the Week each week. The Fact of the Week this week Uh, is about the DeSoto County's majestic French Castle Courthouse. The French Castle Courthouse stood on the courthouse square from 1872 to 1939. It was set on fire by an arsonist in 1939 and rebuilt by 1940 to 41. The French Castle Courthouse was built in the same French Gothic style of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France. 
It was suggested to be built in the French style by Felix Lebeau, an early founder of Hernando, whose father fought with Napoleon. The courthouse was said to be among the most exquisite in Mississippi before it was destroyed. It is now being recreated in scale for display in the lobby of the award-winning DeSoto County Museum by the AERC architectural firm. Again, very cool museum. I'm, uh, the picture of it uh, that uh, Rob had sent uh, as part of this fact of a week. It's a very beautiful courthouse. Really wish it still stood today uh, wow, on the courthouse yeah. square. We'll put uh, that on our Facebook page, Derek. Yeah, we'll put it on the Facebook page. Or just Google the original. Uh, actually, what wasn't the original. Google the courthouse square, uh, excuse me, from uh, 1872 to, eight, to 1939 for DeSoto County, Mississippi. And take a look at this thing. I mean, it, it is absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, again, we appreciate Rob uh, sending it to us and giving us the quick history fact about it. Please visit the DeSoto County Museum. Uh, Derek, we don't know holiday hours or anything like that right now. So typically Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4, 10 to 5. Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5, uh, there at the DeSoto County Museum, right across from Bank Corp South, right across from Blue River Cleaners, right there in Hernando on Commerce Street. Rob Long does a wonderful job, just an asset to the community. So uh, we're going to continue to push people there each and every uh, Tuesday. Some big things coming from the UTW podcast, partnering with the DeSoto County Museum starting the first quarter or so um, of 2021. So we're looking forward to working with Rob on a couple things. I think it's going to be something that uh, Hernando people and DeSoto County people are thoroughly going to enjoy. It's an opportunity to uh, possibly get a little bit of merchandise while making a donation to the museum, which never hurt. So we're looking forward to that in 2021. Derek, something else uh, coming up or a big deal going on, uh, an, an historical event in the state of Mississippi. I think most of us in 2020 are excited for this uh, situation. But the vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, is in Mississippi and has begun going out to different people. Give us info. All right, so the vaccine did reach Mississippi uh, on Monday. Uh, yesterday it came in uh, of course i think a lot of people may have followed saying where it left the uh, a michigan distribution center heading out everywhere i know fedex had a big you know thing in uh i guess on the memphis news talking about how they were flying it all across the nation uh mississippi received theirs uh on monday the 14th uh i think it was like twenty-five thousand, i believe was the number we got to start uh the first person that was given the vaccine in mississippi was dr dobbs uh, the state health official. It wasn't Tate Reeves. <laughs> it was not Tate Reeves. <laughs> Number two was Tate Reeves. It, it was Dr. Dobbs, uh, the guy that's been basically telling us to wear a mask and, and you know, going on there, kind of the, the Fauci of Mississippi. Um, he was he got it first. And, of course, he's, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, why does he need it? Of course, he's doing it. Well, the reason it is because he's showing it is safe. I mean, that's the main thing. I understand. A lot of the health officials are showing that it's safe. And so a lot of the UMC staff, uh, the, the, the hospital staff down uh, in Jackson were also wants to receive it uh, first. And so it'll be going out to health care workers first, that first 25,000. Uh, and then, again, of course, the next shipment will come in, uh, get you know, most of the rest of the health care workers, then start going to high-risk individuals. And this is basically the same plan that every state is doing. Could not be happier. Uh, December 14th, a, a red-letter day to, uh, for this vaccine. And of course, we passed over 300,000 dead in America. Um, but we're not going to you know, dwell on that right now. We're going to look at, at, at the positive thing. We're going to look at the vaccine finally getting out. Uh, and I, I think most of y'all know that this is the first inoculation, and then there'll be another one coming in three weeks. Uh, so it's a two-part shot, two-part inoculation. So that'll be coming. I guess he'll get his about the f end of the first week of January, uh, and then he'll be done. And then, uh, again, they'll start rolling those out. And, you know, people that are healthier, people that are younger probably won't be – I'm probably March or April they'll be looking at it, uh, but everybody else slowly building up toward that. So keep your fingers crossed for maybe a, a semi-normal summer, and then maybe next fall we're getting our next round of flu shots and, and COVID shots, and we can get back right. to life. It hasn't been tested on children, They're not. They're not. but it's not even called for children yet. I mean, it's like 18 and up That's right 16 now. 16 and up. 16, 16 and, up. and up. Okay, so 16 and up. So uh, if you're listening to us, uh, you probably do your due, due diligence and, and, and look at some different things. But, again, uh, let's pay attention to, let's just say, the medical directors versus maybe Facebook and stuff like that. So pay attention to those same things. But just awesome. I was watching a little something before. Uh, I was watching something last night. Um, they were they were showing kind of clips of all the people um, saying that it would never happen by the first of the year, which which Trump did say. You know, they're kind of eating a little crow right now. Well, uh, it I mean, came it's, together. It's the fastest that's ever happened for Absolutely. any vaccine in history. Uh, basically, nine months time. Yeah. This, this took place, and so there was people maybe had started in January, February, because the with China. You know, there were some companies that jumped on it immediately when they heard China had it. So it could be maybe eleven or twelve months, but basically, you're talking nine months yeah. of a full, just full court press getting it done. Here by December fourteenth, if you want to round it, December fifteenth, it started. 
So we'll see we'll see what that means for I guess life going forward. Right. And we'll move on in just one second. There you and I are in, in business. Obviously we, we run the podcast, which is our one of our businesses and so forth. Can you imagine the contract that FedEx and UPS and those companies have to get this stuff certain places? Well unbelievable. You know what there's a lot of you know Pfizer obviously has partnered up and currently the only one approved in America. Now that right. they may change in the next week or so. Yeah. Currently on the port. A lot of this though, they're basically just uh, giving it out just for R and D costs. They're not making anything on this to start. Now I'm not saying that won't be the, the same going forward, but they're tr- you know this is this is this is how it's being publicized. Sure. And so we, you know we can re- look more into that. But you know I think everybody wants this to happen. And and I think if they were making you know if they were marking this thing up. You know, five, ten, fifteen times. I think there would be a lot of grief. Oh, I no, think, I know. I, I think I governments would come in there and basically take it from them if they had to, at this point. But um, again, well, I, I think th- I think they probably. The I mean, the contracts that they got from the different governments, different places, different countries all across the world and stuff. It, and, it, and a lot of this has been subsidized by government. There's right, that's what I'm saying. Yes, pouring money. Yes, into yes, this. yes. If it can cost me five dollars and the federal government. You know, of different countries helped to develop this and all that kind of stuff. Uh, big day in the state of Mississippi, December 14th, 2020. Uh, vaccinations have begun. Um, just so happy about that. I know it's going to be, I know most of us all are, and uh, looking forward to, you know, just the future. Looking forward to the future. 2020 has been been tough, and we're looking forward to the future. Something else going on for the, uh, for the state of Mississippi. Some contracts, Derek, almost $500 million given by the FCC to the state of Mississippi to improve the Internet base the internet capabilities of the state, mainly in the rural areas. Give us a little rundown on that. One of the most famous uh, men in the world uh, heavily involved in that. Uh, The FCC has awarded $9.2 billion in funding to help companies provide broadband and reliable internet service across America, as as you said, mainly to more rural areas. Of that $9.2 billion, Mississippi received $496 million, and that is only second only to California. California was the only state they got more of this money than Mississippi did. Uh, those funds will go to service nearly 219,000 locations in the state of Mississippi. Uh, there were 12 companies that were awarded this, these contracts. Probably the most famous one, outside of, I guess, people that maybe have uh, people, family members that work for the ones in Mississippi, uh, would be Elon Musk Starlink. Now, we've heard of his SpaceX. Uh, we've heard of his, obviously, Tesla cars, Tesla, yeah. but Starlink is what he is calling the broadband, his broadband company that he's trying to offer, basically competing with other broadband internet providers. They were awarded, of the $496 million Mississippi received, they were awarded $44 million, uh, which is third in the state. So there was 12 companies in the state that divided up the 496. Elon Musk got $44 million, which came in third. Uh, the largest uh, was $222 million going to the Rural Electric Cooperative Consortium, and then $45 million was going to Nextair Consortium, which is the second most. Uh, and Starlink will serve, uh, this is Elon Musk's company, 39,000 of the 219,000 spots in Mississippi. The, the good thing, the, the, you say good thing, Starlink is able to do this at half the cost of the other providers. The lawmakers... You know, so in other words, I think it cost like twelve hundred per location for the the Starlink, and it was like twenty five hundred dollars per location uh, for the rest of the eleven companies providing in Mississippi. You say, well, what in the why didn't he give the whole contract? I mean, that it doesn't make any sense. Well, the lawmakers do say that the speeds of Starlink are not as fast as some of the other ones. Um, the space t- the sp- uh, space link provides a very good baseline speed, so they had a minimum that they had to require, sure. and basically Spaceline could meet that minimum at the lowest cost by half. All right, but they do not uh, meet the requirement in the top end gigabyte speeds that are needed. You know, for certain downloads and that sort of thing. And because of that reason, they were not given. You know, they didn't win the bid for the cheapest and fastest. Uh, and so they're, you know, and the, so other the other companies that were already here in Mississippi would be able to. Um, you know, provide those gigabyte speeds faster. But just a really interesting, Sure. I mean, look at that. Uh, and, you know, he's launching his own satellites into orbit to do the space link. Now, not just for Mississippi. These would be for all the space link and all the states that he's providing this. Private money. Private money competing with government consortiums to get this done. And just uh, I think it's a, a great thing, and, and we'll see how it works. The biggest thing, Derek, is you hope that people can uh, have access to the Internet, have access to uh, better uh, Internet speeds to be able to download the UTW podcast. 
I, I mean, I really that's do probably feel number like, one on everybody's list. Yes, yes. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking about DeSoto County, the growth and and the speed of the uh, the internet there, um, that's why the I mean, at least that's why I would if I would if I lived out in a rural area and I'd heard about this podcast that was so fast growing in DeSoto County, that's why I would be uh, trying to get uh, this situation. It's just so I could be have have better access to this show. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Now, of course, we, we do kid, but, I mean, it is important because a lot of the, you know, this is going to hopefully sh- you know, uh, shrink that gap between the have and the have-nots. Yeah. The people that live out in the county that can't get reliable Internet service can't work or go to school virtually. Sure. This is going to really help that. Yeah. Maybe not for this year, uh, but in the years to come, if, if something like this happens again, or if people decide to go this way, or if that's just the way that business and schools go, sure. you know, five, ten years from now. Right. Uh, this, this really will help shrink that gap. So, you know, thank you to uh, Mr. Musk. Thank you to all the other 11 companies that are providing this. And thank you. I mean, look, our federal government's giving this out. Let's hope and pray the money is spent as it should be. Is that usually a problem? It's government. <laughs> Government and spending don't typically go in the same in the same sentence uh, together as far as very well. Look, we're going to turn our attention to sports, but before we go there, had an opportunity to sit down this afternoon uh, with two gentlemen, uh, Greg Drumright, the owner of Green King Spray Service uh, out of Olive Branch, and Ed Easley. Uh, Ed Easley and Greg Drumright are um, putting together a, a, pro- a project that was tabled last Tuesday night for, with the, by the Planning Commission. It is a project on the north side of Fernando, right there kind of where Mackinville and Green Tea hit. Uh, it's, a, it's a really neat project. Um, it's called the Fieldhouse. Uh, Derek's going to have four basketball courts. It's going to have a, a lot of indoor and outdoor baseball uh, opportunities. The tenant will be EBC, which stands for Easley Baseball Club. Uh, Ed Easley is a former St. Louis Cardinal. He's a former uh, Olive Branch Conquistador and also Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Mississippi. Played for Mississippi State uh, and has come back and now has around 700 kids, both male and female, doing softball, baseball, that type of stuff. So it's a neat facility that they've put together. Uh, we have the plans. I had an opportunity to, to look at that and, and, and look at those things. But they did work. They tried to get approval by the Planning Commission last Tuesday. Uh, it was put on the shelf due to a parking issue. A couple of friends of the podcast got in, involved, got in touch with me and you, and said, hey, these, these guys want to come on and talk a little bit about it. So, look, listen to the show on Friday. That's going to be part of our Friday show. Uh, they'll take up a, a majority of it. So listen to that uh, interview, uh, some information about Greg and Ed and, Ed, and uh, kind of where they come from and what they see for this project, again, called the Fieldhouse uh, in Hernando. Could be a really, really neat project. Look forward to uh, talking more and more with those guys. Turning our attention to sports before we move to the actual play, before we move to basketball, Derek, we need to give a big shout-out to two dance teams in the state of Mississippi. I'm talking about the high school uh, from the high school ranks. I know they had a, a lot of middle school as well. Hernando Middle School did well uh, in, the, in the, the dance competition. Center Hill Dance. Center Hill Dance won the 5A championship for hip-hop and game day. That's correct. Tell me what game day is. I'm going to say game day is going to be <laughs> – and, again, I did the restart. I found I found the information. Uh, I'm going to say game day is probably the routines that we do during the game. You know, like okay. actual oh, – Okay. Two bits, four bits, that type stuff. Probably. Not uh, those, and most most of the kids just turn their radio off because they don't know what yeah. two bits, four bits is. You know, I mean, this is you know this these game are the day dance performance. Teams. Yeah, the, yeah, that's okay. right. It's, it's the game day performance where it's probably like a thirty to forty five second okay. during a timeout. Uh, you know, at halftime they they do perform along with the band, sure. right? right. Uh, but and they may have like a one and a half minute song maybe before the band as they're getting out there maybe they do it their own. So I would probably say there's a time limit on it, uh, and it's something that would be done. As I said, during a timeout gotcha. or a halftime show. <laughs> Center Hill Dance, 5A champions in the hip-hop and game day division. Hernando High School came in runner-up in the pom-pom division for the 6A dance competition. So runner-up in the pom-pom division. And they've only been performing together for two years. Two years. And I, I know one of the young ladies there, uh, I would consider her definitely a friend. She's part of the youth band I play with and, and, and work with. And so I'm very proud of those young ladies for getting out there and putting themselves out there. Again, just two years performing, going down to Jackson against maybe some not necessarily bigger schools, but you know teams that have been doing it for a long time. And congratulations to them. Congratulations to the middle school uh, kids that went down and performed. I, I, 
really, Derek, one thing I saw on the internet was thank goodness for these people putting this together. Yeah. You know, th- that it came together. I know it was, uh, you know, very uh, distance and stuff like that. You got to watch, uh, they were in a, a large arena and everything like that. But shout out to those young ladies for going out there and, and giving it everything they had and, and congratulations to them. And the Center Hill dance team, as you mentioned, they won two of the state titles. You know, they had lost three starters to COVID uh, and had to change their dance routine in less than 24 hours mm-hmm. to get it done. So they actually had the three that were going down there. Last minute, found out, oh, my goodness, we can't. We're quarantined. And so now they had to change up the entire routine and still were able to win two state titles wow. uh, with, with having to redo that at that short time period. That's awesome. Congratulations to you young ladies for uh, for that, working hard. I really appreciate you giving all the time, all the effort, all the work that you put in for uh, your school and, and to be a, a, a just a – Part of the pride and the community service for the school. Turning to basketball, turning to the round ball. Um, Derek got a lot of stuff going on Friday and Saturday, uh, both boys and girls. Not going to get too deep into the games, but give us what we got. Okay, so we're going to start with Friday night first. Friday night, uh, mainly going to be on the boys' side. Uh, couldn't find really uh, too many girls that had played that night, so we're going to stick with the boys' side. The first game, we're going to look at New Sight, beat DeSoto Central 64-49. to Second game, Center Hill. Uh, beating Lewisburg 61-47. to Center Hill led by Tanner Bertram, who had 26 points, followed by Elijah Marshitz with 11 points and Caden Laws with 10 points. Next game, Sotillo beat Lake Cormorant 52-49. to Lake Cormorant's got a good team this year. I think they were like 8-1 heading into that game. Uh, really close loss. I'm sure that they'll be – They'll be battling it out of you know for the rest of the year, uh, but Saltillo fifty two, Lake Cormorant forty nine. Well, obviously Saltillo has a pretty good team. Yeah. Good team oh, too. they do too. And Center Hill exactly, does too. I yeah. think it's going to be a, a great you know five A North half going on for the rest of the season. Uh, Lake Cormorant led by KB Brooks. He had nineteen point, um, followed by Marshall Odom. Uh, Eleven points and Donovan Sanders with ten points. Next game we had was North Point, uh, North Point Christian School. They played Macon Road. Uh, Macon Road is out of uh, – basically it's out of Cordova. They uh, came down. Macon Road was a last-minute replacement. Uh, they were supposed to play Westminster West, – North, excuse me, North Point was supposed to play Westminster. But Westminster had to bow out the day before with COVID. Uh, they were able to reschedule very quickly with Macon Road. Uh, and North Point uh, did win 78-25. to It was a not, not a very good game. North Point led 28-2 after the first quarter, 47-14 to at halftime. Uh, and then basically put the uh, the ninth and tenth graders in. Uh, North Point was led by Christian Gillian with uh, 14 points. His brother Chris Gillian uh, followed with 10 points, and Dar- Darius Naylor also had 10 points. Now we're turning to Saturday games. Uh, Saturday games. Uh, the first one. This again, we're sticking the boys. Carville versus Center Hill. So Center Hill had to turn around, play the next day. Uh, they played Carville. They lost 55 to 46. Uh, Center Hill was down their leading scorer. Zandon Harrelson had to be quarantined. Did he play on Friday? He played. Looks like he played on Friday, hmm. and then immediately found out that he had been quarantined. Could not play on Saturday, and so lost fifty-five to forty-six without him. And uh, hey, in that one, where don't you just hit like decline call on that one? <laughs> I just said, don't you just. Um, I, yeah, no, I think the I'm test so, is supposed no, to be here Monday. No, is, is, yeah. Say Monday, Monday. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've got bad. No, I'm sorry, I can't hear. <sighs> Just gone. Got no, drop that and call. I found uh, you know Zandon on, on Twitter. He was pretty upset about it, oh, uh, yeah, having to sit out, especially. Yeah. And then you only lose by you only lose by nine. You know what kind of difference? I mean, he's the leading scorer. What he could have made. Sure. Uh, and not only that, but the Mustangs were also in early foul trouble uh, to start the game. There's, their, I guess, their second leading scorer. I had three fouls in the first half. And so, you know, just early foul trouble kind of beat them. Tanner Bertram had 12 points, and then Calvin Dockery uh, also had 12 points for the Mustangs. So, just a tough loss. You know, would have liked to see them at full strength play Carville. Next game we have uh, DeSoto Central at South Panola. So, uh, DeSoto Central won 52-40. to Third game on Saturday was Bahelia versus Lewisburg. Bahelia won 57-52. to uh, Lewisburg was the only one, uh, of course, DeSoto County School. They were led by Logan Coker, who had 24 points. Uh, so, we had a good game, but it came in a five-point loss. Uh, and then the final game uh, for the boys on Saturday, South Haven 53, Ripley 41. Jordan Hibbler, who was also the quarterback Correct. Remember him for yes. the football team, uh, Jordan Hibbler was named the game MVP with 19 points. So, congratulations to him. Good win uh, for South Haven. Now, turning to the girls' side, remember that a lot of the girls' teams do play the same as the boys. In this case, uh, there were only uh, two girls' games to go along with the boys on Saturday. Olive Branch uh, beat South Panola 53-49. to That was 53-49. Uh, and then Lewisburg beat Bahelia 40, Lewisburg girls, 40-23. to uh, Lewisburg was uh, led by Rainey Lamb with 10 points and Allison Irby with 10 points. 
And Bahelia was led by Jasmine Malone. Matt, of the 23 points, how many do you think Jasmine 21. Malone had? 21. She had 23. She had all the points. She had every point that Bahelia scored. How random. I mean, how that, that's got to be – I mean, how rare is that for one person – on the team to score every point. After she, you know, I mean, obviously they, they, al- they almost doubled yeah. their score, so it's not like it was probably yeah. very close. Sure. But once you realize that she's at 10 or 12 and she's the only person to score, I mean, you're going box of one, right? You're going box of one and just take her out of the game. But how, how, that's so amazing for it. I mean, at a certain point, maybe just everybody guards her and she passes it off and somebody makes a layup. Man, that's I mean, so well, random. Well, five on one and scoring 23 is impressive. I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine 20, 23 – Point, 23 of your team's points all, all by you. That's yeah, that's pretty amazing. So but look, again, but but the win did go to Lewisburg. So yes, congratulations, exactly. Patriots, uh, 40 to 23, uh, and that is all the scores I have for this weekend. Derek, it seems that they're 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 going back to back games, maybe Friday and Saturday to try and get games, make some games up, that type stuff. Get more on the on the on the um, get more on the schedule. Get more in the win loss column. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Well, and, and you know, you see, as we talked about before, a lot of the private schools are playing public schools sure. vice versa now it wasn't necessarily the case this time uh but i think you are i think you're right they're trying to fill in games try to get it done district starts in january and they want to have as much competition under their belts as they can because you know when district starts it gets real and um you know it kind of you know all the non-conference will kind of go away i kind of think that i mean i like i like this i mean i like north point and other teams just saying hey oh, I love it. when it's all said and done I mean, hey it's you know, ten foot hoop and fifteen foot free throw line and three pointer. Let's play, uh, roll the ball out there and, and, and see what happens. I, I love the uh, the different teams, kind of uh, you know mixing it up, private school, public school. So uh, shout out to the North Point coach and uh, you know for not being afraid to play anybody and and, and let's go. I mean, because if you if you look up and you go against some, you know four six eight schools, you go two and two, three and one. Uh, you got some heck. You got some good competition for from some uh, you know pretty tall kids and stuff like that. Well, and you also got. I mean, and it's not in the public schools. You know, they're playing Memphis private schools too. I mean, you've got them playing uh, Lausanne. You've got them playing FACS. You've got them playing uh, MUS. Uh, they played that uh, that tournament the up tournament, there. Yeah. You know, so I think there's you know it's great. And again, it's you're playing people. You want to play people that are better than you. To raise your level of your game, uh, and then to when, so when district comes around, you know you've seen everything that people have thrown at you and be ready to play. Well, I mean, it's, it's just you know, shout out to those coaches for uh, continuing to look for uh, other teams to play, uh, reacting quickly if there's an issue on another team, maybe reaching out and seeing if they could, uh, you know, fill in somewhere else. And and so just pretty neat. Shout out to all the coaches, all the players, all the dancers over the weekend for just a great show in DeSoto County. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man, and keep going out there and and having fun and making memories with your friends. Um, it's just something that you'll you'll always. Um, you'll always remember. If you enjoy what you hear each and every week, find us on Facebook at the UTW Podcast. That's on Facebook at UTW Podcast. On Instagram at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter at UTW Pod. Very simple. UTW Pod stands for Under the Water Tower. UTW Pod on Twitter. Most importantly, if you enjoy what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday mornings, please go to your podcast provider, Spotify, Apple Music, all the other ones that are out there. We're on each and every one of them. Hit subscribe. Uh, that tells us the, the different numbers and so forth. But it, it, most importantly, it lets you know when we come out with a new show. Because most of our shows are going to be Tuesday and Friday mornings, but occasionally we'll release a, a, a single show like we did with Corey Usselton earlier in the fall. So please pay attention to that and subscribe uh, You know, to our podcast. Most importantly, go and tell everybody you know. If you enjoy the show, tell five people. If you hate the show, tell 100 people. Let people know about the UTW podcast. We have some great things. We had an opportunity, I think, over the weekend, Derek. I think we had three advertisers, people wanting to be on our show, knowing what's coming up. The fall is going to – I'm sorry, the spring is going to be an amazing time in DeSoto County, in Hernando with all the different elections and stuff like that. So – a lot of stuff coming up for January, some neat things. I continue to push the merchandise that UTW Podcast is going to have, um, both from a T-shirt, different things like that, and some opportunities for fundraisers all across DeSoto County. So we're so glad to be a part of your listening, part of your drive, part of your, your, your time. I think most people or a lot of people I've heard listen to it during Car Rider Line to kind of get caught up. So a friend of the podcast, Bruce Robinson, who's running for Alderman, uh, he told us that his wife listened to me and you, Derek, for six hours on the way to Destin uh, the other day. So I can't think of a better way to spend six hours. We started the podcast for vanity purposes, and you know, I mean, that's that's exactly. I mean, my, my, my family does not know this yet, but when I drive to Natchez for Christmas, 
That'd be four and a half hours. Four and a half hours of podcast. podcast. We love what we're doing. It's been a great time. Uh, 2020, we have some great shows coming up. We're going to talk about, on Tuesday, we're going to discuss uh, some of our favorite Christmas music. Uh, we're going to rank top five, bottom five, and you know may have some different things like that that you, you might enjoy. So we're going to record a show next Tuesday uh, morning. It'll be our Christmas show, and then we're going to take a little bit of time off. Uh, we're going to come back in the first uh, uh, of 2021 uh, with new shows, new opportunities, new advertisers, and just bigger and better than ever. So we thank you so much for what you've done for us over the last five months. We have had a, we've had a wonderful time. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Got a couple more shows left of two, 2020. Uh, Derek, any thoughts? I'm really looking forward to your interview on Friday uh, with yeah. uh, Greg Drumright and Ed Easley, and just really looking forward to what they have to say. And, and I hope the listeners are too. And uh, just ready for a good rest of the week. Yeah, I mean, I was astonished, Derek. 700 kids playing for EBC in some way, shape, or form, both softball and baseball. So uh, that's going to be a good interview uh, with those guys, and hopefully they'll. Um, you know, hopefully if your kids play for EBC, you'll like it, listen to it, and share it with other people. So, if nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.